Hello and welcome to Be Still Be Free. My name is Amber Miller and I'm here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello ladies. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to yeah. this week's episode. We are this in the second episode of our series, Be Redeemed. Um, if you haven't listened to our last series, um, we are doing something new where we're actually, instead of talking about a B word each mm-hmm. week, we're talking about different women of the Bible. And who all have we covered so far? Eve? Um, Elizabeth. Priscilla Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this week will be our first woman of the yep. new series, mm-hmm. which is Rahab. Rahab. <gasps> which I'm so excited about. I know. It's going to be really good. She's so pretty awesome. Monica is going to be leading our discussion on Rahab. Uh, tell us who Rahab is, Monica. Rahab is a prostitute, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's okay, just so, get right into it. So let's just get that out of the like, way. Let's get that out of like, the way. What up, ho? <laughs> So, oh, Lord, I try not to cackle as loud as I really wanted to. Right into the microphone. A conversation at home. We don't do that. That's not what we do. That is hilarious. Okay, so let me give you a, a, a basic kind of background of what is happening. We encounter Rahab in Joshua two. Yes. And in Joshua two, um, Moses is dead. Joshua has been appointed as the leader to take the Israelites who have now been wandering around in the desert for all those decades mm-hmm. um, into the promised land. They have defeated a couple cities. They've defeated um, two Amorite kings and have now reached Jericho. And um, so Joshua sends out two spies to go like scope out the scene and figure out what's going on so they can know how to best defeat them. They get to Jericho and we don't know how, but they end up meeting Rahab and staying at her inn. There's a lot of scholars um, that talk about how she was an innkeeper and how, um, you know, like the, the, the word for prostitute maybe meant innkeeper because she ran an inn, but it very clearly also says that she was a prostitute. So right. we don't know if this means that she was currently practicing or if she had, because mm-hmm. we know in the New Testament, she's still called a harlot. So yeah. sometimes those maybe stigmas stay with you. Did she have one? What were those little, um, like Bro- a brothel? Like a brothel. Yeah. Like, did she run a little brothel? I know. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not clear, but we do know that the spies stay at her place. Huh. Um, but then Rahab gets word from King's messengers that we know that those spies were here. Where are they? Um, and so she lies about seeing them or she, she admits that she saw them, but she says that they left. She lies about where they are. She's hidden them up on the roof. So she, her inn and where she lived was on the wall in Jericho. So like the walls that go tumbling down later is where she lives. Um, and she said, she tells the messengers, it's true that they've been to see me, but I didn't take time to ask them where they came from, which sounds a little floozy ish. Um, like we just took care of business and went about, you know, sorry, we didn't do a lot of talking, but she had flax drying on the roof. Um, and so she hid them under the stalks of flax, which were probably wet and stinky and gross. Um, but that, Matthew Henry talks about how that alludes to the fact that she was doing something virtuous yeah. with the flax, you know, and with the inn. So, again, we it don't is. know what, what the case was. But after the king's messengers leave, she goes up to the roof and she says, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. I know God has given your people this land. You coming has paralyzed all of us with fear. We have heard how God held back the Red Sea so you could escape from Egypt on dry land and how you destroyed the other kings and their kingdoms. As soon as this news reached our hearts, reached us, our hearts melted like wax and none of us had an ounce of courage left. Your God is truly the God of heavens above and the earth below. Because I know all these things, this is my request. I have treated you kindly and protected you. Please promise me that by God that you will do the same for my family. 
Give me a sign of good faith that when you destroy the city, you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and their families from death. So the spies agree and say, as long as when we come back, you have this scarlet cord hanging out your window, and you all stay inside, we will come save you. But it has you have to follow our directions exactly. So she's like, awesome, that's great, it's agreed. So she... The spies go into the mountains for three days, wait for the messengers, because she had told the messengers that they're off on the opposite side of where she sent them. The spies get back to the land, so now that's about a week, and then make a plan on how to take Jericho. In between all this, God tells Joshua, all the men must be circumcised. Like, all of the Israelite men, like, the ones born during this time. So, like, there's – and then they had to heal. So that's what, like, at least one, two weeks? Yeah. Um, I hope so. (laughs) They go back to Jericho. They are told by God to march around the city for six days. So, like, basically my point is she has to wait for, like, three, four weeks, maybe even more, for them to come and actually take the city. Right. Wondering, I guess, like, are they going to come back? Like, am I really going to be saved? Um, But they come, they march around the city, they blow the trumpets, the walls fall down, her and her families are saved and brought to the place where all the Israelites are. Um, Everything else is plundered. She later marries a man by the name of Salmon. She becomes the mother of Boaz. No way. Which, who Boaz marries Ruth. Yeah. Um, she becomes the great-great-grandmother of King David. No And way. in the New Testament in Matthew, she is listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. That's so, crazy. So cool. I have some points about all of that to talk about oh. who she was. Like what, what her B was. What a story of redemption. What a story of stinking redemption, right? Um, and, and based on that, I'll jump ahead to one of the things that I was... No, I'm not. I'm not going to jump ahead. Okay. <laughs> So I think first of all, and and I alluded to this in our series wrap up, God obviously saw that she was worthy of redemption before the spies even came. Mm -hmm. Like there was, he saw something in her character, regardless of why she was prostituting herself or how long it Mm -hmm. had gone on um, or the reasons behind it. Like, you know, sometimes people feel very desperate to do very desperate things. Like we don't know it. And we, like I said, we don't know if she was still practicing, but God saw something in her that was worthy. And I believe that by the time the spies came to her, um, I believe that she'd already begun a transformation and a metamorphosis. Or at least um, inquisitiveness. Yes. Openness. Yes. You know, and willingness, I think. Yes. She obviously had heard so much about the God of Israel and her heart was warm toward it. She was open to him being the one true God living in a city of pagans. There was something that her spirit connected with and recognized. Um, you know, she opens her home to the enemy. She's willing to lose her life. Like if she, if the King's messengers had found out that she was lying, that she really had hidden the spies, that they were still there, she would have completely lost her life. Um, She's in awe of God and his work. She holds his miracles like a treasure because she says, like, he's done all of these great things. You know, like, she's very uh, reverent about those things. And she asks for the salvation of not just herself, but her whole household. Mm. And um, as I read her account, I just really felt like she had gone through her time of crawling and her time of Mm. cocooning. And that this, like, when she meets the spies, it was the beginning of her chance to fly. Mm. There's our metamorphosis. I, I feel like she had already begun a transformation. Um, she is bold. You know, we talked back in our be bold episode, which was like in the twenties, I think episode 20 something about how being bold is just to speak plainly and clearly. Mm -hmm. And she just very plainly says, 
hey, like I've done these things for you, which you probably would have done anyway, mm-hmm. but in return, would you please just save me mm-hmm. and not just me, but my whole mm-hmm. household? And she's very just plain but about that's that. that's almost her statement of faith. Right. Well, yeah. think about it, right? that's exactly what I was going to say next. She overcame because of the word of her testimony and confessed with her mouth yeah. who the Lord was. Yeah. I mean, she said, your God is truly the God of heavens above and the yeah. earth below, yeah. which in the Old Testament is, is, you know, much a confession of faith is yeah. you can yeah. say. Well, and you know, what's interesting too, because in the Old Testament, we didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. Right. So it's not like she really even had this beckoning of the Holy Spirit moving her to conviction, mm-hmm. right? Because that had not been given as a gift yet. Right. That wasn't until the death on the cross. So you think about a woman who really only has all this story and head knowledge right. of God and totally takes an act of belief. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, she, and she recognizes the opportunity mm-hmm. of God is, has shown up here. And yeah. so I need to respond to it. Yeah. Um, and she's bold in her willingness to lie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all know that lying is wrong, but she did it for the sake of the faith. That's right. Um, so, you know, like it was a willingness to be a martyr almost, yeah. you know. Um, she is resourceful and quick on her feet because when the which maybe that came by her past. That's yes, right. <laughs> that was um, the way she ran her business. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when the king's messengers come, like she very quickly knew where to put the spies, knew what to tell the messengers, knew, like, she, her, uh, the plan immediately came to yeah. mind. Like, she was very quick on her feet. Um, she was willing to take risks because there was no guarantees that she wouldn't be found out. There was right. no guarantees that the Israelites wouldn't be found out. She was willing to risk everything for the chance at a God-sized story. And I think that she just was so open to letting go of everything, yeah. even at the cost of you know, her, her Losing life, all of it. Yeah. To be able to just have a small chance at a God-sized story. Um, she believed the word that she heard, you know, so often we hear of miracles of God and things that he's doing in the lives of other people. And we doubt them, mm-hmm. um, or rationalize them mm-hmm. like, well, if, did he really part the Red Sea or was it just like a really mm-hmm. windy night or, you know, <laughs> yeah, which right. is so easy to make we'll up stories to about that. The miracle mm-hmm. that seems so, Yeah. But she believed it. Yeah. Um, and she saw a better future for herself. Um, she really seemed to tr- be trying to rectify the mistakes that she had made in her past by making a respectable living as an innkeeper, mm-hmm. which maybe was a brothel, but who knows? Who knows? Um, but, um, you know, the Matthew Henry commentary, like I had mentioned before, talks about her stocks of flax and how, you know, she was kind of acting as the virtuous woman. He compared it to Psalms 31 about, wow. like, making the flax and mm. making bread and doing yeah. all that you had to. So he drew that parallel. Um, but she didn't let what others say about her keep her from her destiny. And that mm. was a point that I really kind of honed in on. Like, she saw something in her mind's eye about her future that it could be different. And no matter the fact that the entire town had probably been calling her a harlot from day one and still, if she wasn't practicing still, still was or yeah. yeah. Regardless, she did not let what other people were saying, keep her like define her from chasing a better future. Yeah, man. I just, so I'm gonna get a little controversial here for just a second, but I can't, I can't help but sit here and think about, she was a feminist of her day. Yes, she was. Yeah. Right. She was bold and, ballsy and ran her own business and spoke on behalf of her family Mm -hmm. we don't hear of a man in her life right um she worked her hands she toiled she stored up like she was a true feminist um but the culture around her 
wasn't lining up with what she felt was the truth. And she was willing to leave the I am woman, hear me roar. I can make this on my own to turn her life around and serve a hope, a calling, a destiny um, that had to do with God, had Mm -hmm. to do with the lineage of David, with trust and faith. Believing mm-hmm. in something that she couldn't see, that she yeah. couldn't hold in her hands. Like, that's a big stinking deal. And yeah. I just think, look at what she did. I know. Look at the impact that she had because she was willing to walk away from the culture. Right. She was willing to walk away from her country. She was willing to walk away from her people. Right. She was willing to walk away from her business. She was willing to walk away from her lifestyle, her independence. And she became a wife and a mom and a grandmother, she took on a whole nother role that would so many people say not be the the feminist way of doing life. So I don't right. know. That's really well, beautiful. And to she me. had to have lived a, some sort of life of righteousness to bring about the kind of lineage that produces yeah. people like Boaz, right? And you know, pe- men of such strong right. faith. Like she had to have had some sort of righteousness in her that produced. But that's, that kind of that's the story. I tell people all the time, I'm a feminist, but I'm a Christian feminist. Yeah. yeah. I believe in using my strong qualities because I do believe that God created me to be a rescuer to right. those who are around me. I do believe that. But in a way that brings glory back to him and not to me. Right. Right. And that's what she ended up doing. She yeah. used all of those attributes, her gifts, her talents, her personality traits. She used all of her strengths but turn them into the good for God instead of the good for herself. Yeah. And that's ultimately what, as women, if you're a believer, yeah, that is what you should have your eye set on the prize of, is how your life is bringing glory to God, not how you are vindicating mm-hmm. and writing your story. Yeah. It's not about us writing our story. It's about writing God's story. It's about fulfilling the story that's already written, but us fulfilling our part in that story and not trying to be anything more yeah. or anything less. Yeah, like she was tired of her own narrative and wanted to be part of a bigger story and tying it back to be enough she was such an azer like the spies would not have been successful they would have not have been able to get back to joshua the entire taking of the city was on her shoulders yeah had she not done that we don't know what would have happened like if of course god truly meant for them to have the city he would have but he chose a woman to do it through and he chose a woman of a very very unclean. disrespectful, unclean yeah. background. So just because you choose to serve God doesn't make you unimportant, unvalued. Right. And and just like you have a cover over your head and no one will ever see you again. Yeah. And she's written about in the word for everyone to learn about forevermore. Yes. Well, and all um one of the other things I was going to talk about is just she was other others focused and not self-focused. Um and I'm going to go through this just really yeah. quickly cuz I want to get to something you just said, Sarah. Um but she was um concerned about the spies. She wanted to take care of them. She didn't do it out of a what are you going to do for me? That came later. Um really without an expectation that they would. Yeah. And she asked for her entire family. Like it says mother, father, brother, sisters and their families. Mm. Um you know, so she without a doubt had experienced you know like nasty words and was considered probably a black oh. Sheep sure. by even her own even family, her own, yeah. but still asked that they be saved. Advocated. Um, mm. But she believed that God would work, work again another miracle. She believed that she would be part of the miracle of the people taking over Jericho. 
But most of all, she believed she was worthy of being redeemed. Mm. And this is kind of where I wanted to sit for just a minute and where I kind of had the um, sentence that I had sent to Sarah. She believed that the God who could part the Red Sea could save her with a red cord and redeem her past and create a new future. Mm. Like she truly believed that. She wouldn't have asked to be saved if that was not the case. And she ended up being a woman who raised a son who is considered like the ultimate example of a husband. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone talks about like, get rid of your bozo and get a Boaz. You know, like he is the standard. And that was her son. Like she married someone and raised this incredibly influential man. Well, the story of Ruth and Boaz is actually, if if, if you, when I studied or uh, put in redemption, yeah, they're the story that pops up. Of yes. the oh, for sure. Yes. We're going to talk about Ruth and Bo- Boaz yeah. a little bit with Tamar too, because yeah. it comes well, up again. Well. Yeah. Another crazy. Cord. There it is. Um, she's in direct lineage with King David. She's his great, great grandmother. Um, and therefore there comes the line of Jesus, you know, so God used her she went from being a woman used by men to a woman who influenced oh, men oh. golly like doesn't that just give you chill bumps like yes. that's what god Amazing. can do yes Amazing. she used men to feel worthy and then ended up making men yeah. worthy in the eyes of i mean and, what, just, and she 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 had a choice too she could have become so embittered and angry at man at men mm-hmm. right for how she allowed them to treat her yes prior to her redemption but she didn't like she let all that go and she realized that now she could be an influencer of yeah. men. Right. It's the choice. It's the choice. The it's, choice. She flip flopped her mindset her and mindset. she chose to let God create a new branch on this family tree. Yeah. I mean, mm. she could have taken her story. Oh no, I'm keep adding in here, but I'm no, kind it's of good. on fire no. about all this right now. I know she could have taken her story and then went on this total, he could have saved her and she could have gone on this total women's lib feminist argument of, Men are horrible. Look at what right. they've done to me. Look at what how they use. You can't me, trust how anybody. They me. You can never trust a man. And she didn't do that. Mm-mm. Oh, she embraced the forgiveness of God and poured that out to other people. I mean, it was a, it's a tr- it's a resurrection it's a of resurrection. sorts. Resurrection, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And she goes on like in the book of Hebrews, um, in that amazing hall of faith that talks about all these people's stories and what great faith they had. It says, by faith, the prost- prostitute Rahab welcomed the Hebrew spies into her home so that she did not perish with the unbelievers. Mm. And so, like that, like, and then James talks about her too in the works that she did. So, like, this story carried on in infamy about what God did in her life. Um, So um, I will get to our practical applications. I had a little bit more. I'll just, I'll put them in the show notes. Just a couple other points about that. If you want to keep going. Yeah, we've got time. We could go 35. (laughs) It doesn't have to end at 30. Okay. No, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, we talked a little bit that first week about the scarlet cord. Um, and I know there's some parallels between Tamar in a couple weeks and the Scarlet Cord, but so many scholars always talk about how um, the Scarlet Cord, she hung a Scarlet Cord out her window, and that was the indication to the Israelites that it was Rahab okay. that living in that place and that she needed to be saved. But they draw so many parallels about that Scarlet Cord being kind of a um, metaphor of the blood of Christ run through the entire Bible and how it ends with the New Testament with Jesus' blood and the, the story of redemption. And But the fact that it's a physical red cord crazy. in her mm. window, um, I just, I just Again, really love that. foreshadowing. Complete foreshadowing. Right? Complete foreshadowing of the true red cord to come. Okay, so practical applications. One is who has come to your door? 
So Rahab mm. literally had two spies come to her asking for help. Who has God brought to your door? Like who has come knocking on your door to ask for help? And I have a like very literal example of this. We live in a neighborhood where we're the only people that live there full time. Everyone else has that has homes there it's their second homes or in some cases third and I don't know what that's like I live in a, what's considered a cottage in this neighborhood oh, and it's, it's my so only house one of my favorite houses ever it's so but, fresh oh it's beautiful there it's beautiful. is a couple who bought um a house in the neighborhood and they are going to be living there full time oh. as soon as their house in South Carolina sells and so they have been up we're up there this weekend um like doing some work around the house, but have shown up two days in a row, completely unannounced, just knocking and asking for favors. Nuh-uh. And as I'm doing this story of Rahab, it's like, they've literally come knocking at the door and like wow. they needed help moving a mattress. They needed me to print something for them. And you know, like yeah. what's your attitude going to be yep. when people show up needing help or knocking at your door? Like, are you going to be willing to be inconvenienced? Are you going to be willing to be inconvenienced for maybe a bigger story that yeah. God is going to do. And, you know, maybe not. But the, the whole right. implication here is God's going to bring people to you. Are you going to be annoyed and frustrated by it, or are you going to see it as an opportunity to serve that him? That is really great because you never know who's actually knocking. You don't know who it is. Right. You don't know who. And we'll, we'll talk about this with Sarah and Abraham, the three men. Yes. Who visited twice. Right. And one of them was God. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know who you're going to be entertaining. You really don't. You don't. It says we could be entertaining angels. That's right. Um, And the second is, how can you be bold? So Rahab was willing to risk her life to help the spies and, again, willing to ask them to spare her and her family. Um, So where do you need some boldness in your life? Mm. Um, Who do you maybe need to put yourself on a limb for and be vulnerable with to ask something of? Like, you know, it's so hard, I think, sometimes for us strong, quote, feminist women to be vulnerable or to ask for help. um, And we just need to be willing to be bold to do that. Um, when it's really needed or ask for help for your children, ask for help for your family, ask for help for people that you love. Um, we just kind of always seem to be wanting to put up this really strong, brave face and it's okay to be humble and it's okay Mm. to be vulnerable. I love that. Gosh, so good. So good. And I'm really excited about my internal applications, but I'm going to save this. We can save them. We can save them for something else. Man, Rahab. so y'all, Rahab. Was, I don't know how it, it. it hadn't clicked with me that she was the mother of Boaz. I did for some reason. I like I knew she but was in the lineage, but I forgot. Yeah, like maybe. I, yeah, I think that's one thing mm-hmm. that's been interesting about going through Old Testament stuff. Yeah. is a lot of the um, lineage. You're like you remember that they're all in the same line, but you forget some of how closely how related. Yeah. Like yeah. Rahab was Boaz's mom, right? Like. When I reread that, I was like, I don't, I think maybe I had thought grandmother or Or something something like like that. that. Mm -hmm. But like she raised, she taught him how to be a man. Well, and how beautiful is that, right? Because she didn't raise him to be the kind of man who came. And abused women. And abused her. Mm -hmm. She raised him to be, if we ever doubt as women, you know how I feel about this, the impact mommies have on raising strong men for God. Yes. Well, it also says a lot too about about her husband, Salmon, but also the fact that she was, she obviously was willing to let Salmon be the husband that God called him to be in order that they raise somebody like Boaz. Well, and think too about how like the redemption that is found in a man like Salmon wanting to be with a woman like Rahab. willing, I know. Who has been through everything. There's so much more that we could go into with all of that. Yeah, like everything that she had been through, like Salmon was willing to look past all of that and be like, no, like, yeah. You're redeemable. It reminds me of when I first, when Greg and I were really serious 
recently dating and like we knew where it was, we was heading toward marriage. And I felt like I had this really big br- thing yeah. I needed to tell him yeah. about. Like, if you're going to marry me, you need to know about this backstory. Um, and I was, had worked myself up about it forever and I was telling it to him and I'm in tears. And his response was, and <laughs> like that waiting all? for more. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? And like, that's all, that's everything. Like, that's oh, so huge. That's but to him, God had done such a, like yeah. God had already prepared him to not care about my past and saw yeah. it just as what it was. Yeah. Complete so past. Because it's hard when you become vulnerable enough to tell somebody mm-hmm. something and, and they react in a way that's not that it, it's hurtful. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and you have to also be permissible for them to react that way. Because they have to process the information, but we all hope yeah. that that's the reaction that you're going to get because there's nothing more freeing mm-hmm. than a Jesus reaction. Yeah. Yes. But can you just imagine when the spies show up at Rahab's door and God's no. up in heaven going, you have no idea, you sister. no idea. Yeah. <sighs> I love that. Just well, your step of faith. One and is, you know what's interesting is like, and I don't know, the, the, just the sexual nature of all of our stories yes, that we're talking about, yes. like how women in the Bible have been so sexually misused and the redemption that God brought about in each one of them. And Mm -hmm. just like ladies, if you have a past, if you have something that is on your heart that you're dealing with, like it's okay. We don't talk about it in the church very much. We talk about the perfect. Yeah. But, but you're not so far that God's outstretched hand. No matter what you've done or been through, it's it's not too far. Man, that's awesome. So there you go. There's awesome. Rahab. I encourage you to read Joshua 2 and Joshua 6. That's the the, cr- the crux of the story, um, and all the details are in there. And just read it for yourself yeah. in a different translation and see what stands out to you. That's, God yes. can reveal a whole uh, – so cool. the word is so living and alive. Yes. There's something else that yep. we didn't even touch on or think about Absolutely. that will relate to you yep. and that you'll pick up That's on. Right. So, Sarah, will you yeah. pray us out today? Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for this message um, on Rahab. Lord, just your – redeeming power you're redeeming qualities um and lord how you're just i love how you pick the people that probably seem like are the most unworthy to be chosen to be a part of your story and that is just a testament to how you have a true deep and um utter love for every single person not just the ones who seem to have it all figured out not those who just seem to have um everything going for them and Um, Lord, you choose the lowliest of low and turn them into the most beautiful servants of Christ. And I just love it. Lord, I pray that someone's heart will be touched in the message that we had today, Lord, that um, someone will go to the word and read more about this. They will come to you, Lord, that they'll know that we're here for them as well to encourage and to affirm them and, and to walk with them, Lord. Just bless this day that you've made. Allow us to rejoice and be glad in it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.